Today on The Breakdown, I already know the future. I know what you're going to say about this hand. And when I say you, I mean you, the audience member, the listener. You're going to say this in this tone of voice to yourself, not to anyone else, maybe in a closet, certainly in a private place. You're going to be like this. You're going to be all, such a crazy fucking hand. That's what you're going to say. You're going to say it that way. And I know you're hearing this now. And the thing that's going to bake your noodle later is you're going to say to yourself, would I have said that if I hadn't heard Jonathan say that now, you know? And in fact, would Jonathan have said that bake your noodle thing if he hadn't seen The Matrix? The answer obviously is no. But um, that's the world we're currently living in and the world you're living in. This hand is nuts, people. It's Brandon versus Andy. Who's Brandon? I don't know. He's a guy, but he's playing 5100 on Live at the Bike with Andy. And Andy's got kings and somehow, someway is just going to be put to... I mean, this hand is... This is just such a crazy fucking hand, y'all. Let's get to it on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. Are you adopting y'all? Yeah, I think I'm taking it on for you're, a while. You're a y'all guy now? Um, you know what? I've been watching enough TikTok videos, enough YouTube shorts from... People sometimes say, y'all, I'm loving it. I'm say, part of it. And in business settings, you say folks. <laughs> hey, folks, can we, uh, can we quiet yeah. down like that? Yeah. Let's, uh, hey, folks, let's, uh, yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Folks is a good one for business settings. Yeah. Yeah, because guys is too casual. Yeah. And also gender specific. Exactly. And, you know, now they come after you for that. But folks, yeah. you're fine. <laughs> Until we read something on the internet about like, you know, in Ireland in the years 1655, if you said folks, that meant that you hated the race of the Northern I Irish. Mean, if it like, said that, you would be very strongly against using folks yeah, yeah, forever, I mean, evermore. I wouldn't want to get canceled. That's for sure. We're saying folks a lot right now. Let's really hope. I don't care. It's not canceled. Cancel me. I say folks. <laughs> Actually, I say y'all. I don't even say folks. Yeah, but I you're going to, in business settings, you're going to say right, folks. Right, in course. business settings, those business settings yeah, that we're in. We're going to have a business time. meeting later just for, you know, because we often have business meetings that are just practice business meetings. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, practice business meetings. Yeah. I'm like, okay, today you're the CEO yeah. and I'm the COO. Go. Yeah. It's not a role play thing, though, to be clear. It's no, just a practice. It's business practice, meeting. like for in case it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah. That's sure. What practice is for. Have you ever been in a business meeting? You have in your yeah, life, yeah. right? I've been. In, I guess you and I have been in business meetings with others in a way, but that it. doesn't really feel like they don't ever the feel true, like, it. like what was happening. Although we've definitely been in. I mean, think legitimate about, business meetings. We've we've made legitimate pitches to business entities. Yeah, yeah, multiple times actually. Yeah. Like I'm thinking Poker Go. We had multiple business meetings with Poker well, Go back, back when in they the were day. Uh, back when they were. Oh, Poker else. Central. Yeah. Right. It was it was before all this, but we had like. Yeah, we probably had like three or four big time business meetings with them back Some in like 2016. Projects that never got off the ground. We had business meetings with big time casinos, stuff like that. Oh my God, we really did. Yeah. We had, well, I, I, I don't want to reveal names. So we had a business meeting with an online uh, poker site, also a pretty big one too, yeah. at one point that was like not going to be to do a sponsorship deal to do something much bigger than that. But that also didn't happen. So who cares? So, hey, if you can guess. Exactly the details of this stuff. We'll send you a free T-shirt. <laughs> oh, that's a great deal. We do have T-shirts for sale, by the way. There's a merch button. Yeah, and you can nobody get buys them. So you you would be special. A no few a few people buy them, but not much. Game Theory Disaster. It's it's actually quite nice. That's not the one that. The oh merch, yeah, the it's merch on, links to the nicer shirts. Yeah, actually. you're right. You're right. This is the Poker Guy shirts. But if you want to get the Game Theory Disaster shirt, that's on Amazon. You just type in like Poker Guys Game Theory Disaster. Yeah, it comes right up. But the merch link takes you to nicer shirts that just say the Poker Guys with the logo. I can understand why no one buys those. I got yeah. to admit. I mean, why would you buy merch from a podcast? I don't know why anyone buys merch from anything that's a business entity without, you know, for paying for that. I just never understood no, that a, in my life. Don't buy it. Don't be an idiot. When they give it to you, it's weird because you're just advertising for them. But at least it's a shirt. At least it warms you and protects you a little bit. But. The most amazing thing to me is, is the clothing brands that pull it off where, like, in the 90s mm. especially, it's like, I'm going to buy a shirt from The Gap that says the word Gap on it. I mean, FUBU. Yeah, yeah. I all mean, of, even all now, of, like right, the, all of that stuff. It's like I, it's such a good model to get people like because the people get some sort of prestige from wearing the brand, and the brand obviously gains prestige from people just advertising it. Yeah. people are paying them to advertise. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's that's the dream, yeah. really. Yeah, good job, clothing people. You, you figured that one out, Damon John. Yeah. And whoever did Gap, I don't know who did that. Jimmy Gap. Jimmy. No, no, Damon Gap. I'm sorry, it's Damon Gap. Yeah, they're all Damons <laughs> of different types. Yeah. Um, so what we're we talking about? We're talking about cooking the noodle. What about sucking it down? Huh? You, you said you were going to cook your noodle. Last time you said 
Then you said, and suck it down. <laughs> I said, this time I said, bake your noodle. Ah, bake your noodle. Because yeah. I was quoting the Matrix very right, directly. Of course. The Oracle scene, obviously. For yeah, those of who don't course. Know what I'm talking about. Did you know right away when I said it that I was doing Matrix? No, you had to ah. remind me. I haven't ah. seen the Matrix for a long time. So? It's all green. That should be iconic and stuck in your memory no matter what. When so, she says, what's really going to bake your noodle, your noodle later? It's amazing. What a moment. Would you still have knocked it over if I hadn't said anything? It's one of the great moments in cinema. That's a bit of a stretch. Welcome to Jonathan's movie movie picks for this week. What's 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 on the docket? This week, The Matrix. <laughs> it's a fun sci-fi romp with great special effects, at least for the 90s. Yeah. Now they'd probably be pretty good. It was pretty good for the 90s. Oh, it wasn't pretty good for the 90s. Yeah. It was revolutionary for the 90s. Yeah. We'd never seen anything like it. I remember being blown away mm. by not just the movie, although the movie itself, but also visually. It was outrageous. Bullet time. They invented bullet time yeah. for that movie. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but it looked incredible anyway, and it's the script is amazing. I mean, it's it's an all time classic. I agree. It's too bad all the rest of them were no good. Yep, because they made three more. Oh well, yeah, they I made, forgot they made one that came out recently. Yeah, that was interesting for a while. It was so weird and meta. It was super meta, crazy meta. It starts with, um, Keanu Reeves is a video game designer who work who lives in our world, and The Matrix is just a game that he invented. And so they're talking about how The Matrix was really successful and they have to put out... Warner Brothers, their parent company, which is the parent yeah. company, is forcing them to put out a sequel, but he doesn't really want to. But if he doesn't, they're just going to let someone else do it, which is exactly what happened with the Wachowskis. They just like put it all out there on the film. It's huh. very weird. Um, and then it finally becomes like more of a Matrix movie, but it's like, who cares? It wasn't that good in the end? No. Okay. I wanted it to be. Of course. It was, it was mostly interesting when they were doing the meta stuff because it's like, what is really happening here? It's so weird, the idea that all this stuff was just a video game. Yeah. And, that, and they all know of it. The whole world knows of it, but they know of it as a video game. It was very odd for about 25 minutes, and then it suddenly is a Matrix movie again. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? You're going to bake your noodle. It's really hard to make sequels that are good because it's hard to make a single movie that's good. So yeah. a sequel is even harder because you have very particular you know, specifications you have to, like, live up to. Right. It's one of those things that must well, be very frustrating for those who really know what it takes to make a movie because mm. as a general public, as a person who, like, is more into movies than the average person but less than you by a lot, Yeah. Um, even I often come across the thought of, like, how can they not make more good movies? Why aren't there any good comedies anymore? Why isn't it just easy for them, right? Yeah. But obviously, if it were, there would be more good ones, right? So it's like... When it, when it goes well, it looks easy. You know, mm-hmm. I think a good example is um, the combination of the Big Short and Vice, which is the same team that did everything mm. and kind of a similar style, right? And the Big Short just felt like effortless and like, hmm. like they did it perfectly, right? And then Vice is just like, what am I watching exactly here? Like I can feel the style being similar and Christian Bale's doing an incredible do- job as Dick Cheney, but everything just feels like I don't really care and like why am I here? And I can't put my finger on what the difference is and yeah. how, how they managed to really pull it off with a big short and not with Vice. Hmm. And I think that must be really frustrating for directors and script writers and people who are really in the know in that industry when, when people say, like, why can't you just make a good rom-com? There hasn't been a good rom-com for so long. Why don't you just make one? You know? And it's just, I guess it's just not that easy. Rob Reiner's not interested. I think that's the <laughs> I guess. That guy knew what he was doing. Sleepless in Chicago. It's the next one. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah. With Tom Hanks, but you need, and like a, a young starlet. Like Dakota Fanning. Meg Ryan, perhaps. <laughs> no. Young Starlet. Dakota Fanning and Tom Hanks. They're a lovelorn. Okay. Lovelorn couple. It's not weird. Hey, um, following up with that, too, like Ridley Scott is a guy who makes a lot of fabulous movies, yeah. right? Yeah. And has an incredible uh, filmography. And yet, also a lot of weird misfires. Mm-hmm. Um, Kingdom even of j- Heaven. I haven't seen that one, but sure. Don't, I mean, don't ju- see just it. Just looking at the Alien franchise. So he made the first Alien. It was amazing. It's one of the great movies of all time, one of the great horror movies ever. Um, he made Prometheus, which was beautiful to look at. Story-wise, was okay. Um, overall, worth watching, I think, for sure, but like barely a worthy successor to some of, these, some, some, some of the movies in the Alien franchise, better than some of them, much worse than the first two, um, but probably good enough. Like The production quality is so high on it. Um, that it's probably good enough. And then he made uh, Covenant, which was like the sequel to Prometheus, and it's kind of awful. It's huh. just kind of terrible, you know? And 
it's weird that he's even using the same stuff. He's choosing to do this. He can make anything he wants. He's Ridley Scott. He's deciding to make these movies and still can't like find it. Can't nail it every time. Yeah, and I may, part of it may also be that that it's a uh, it's such a collaboration. You know, it's not just him. Right. You got the cinematographer. You got the editor. You got the actors. The you actors, got yeah. so many different pieces that all have to come together correctly. You know, a lot of people say um, Star Wars was a disaster, and then um, Kathleen Kennedy, who was George Lucas's wife at the time, edited it and like made it took it from a horrible movie to a great movie. Huh, interesting. Or was that Beverly Hills Cop? It's, <laughs> Star actually, Wars or Beverly Hills I, Cop? Maybe it was both. Maybe it was both. Actually, I know that happened with Beverly Hills Cop, where like it was apparently unwatchable. Really? And they like gave it to the editor, and the editor made it into like uh, the biggest movie of the year, and everyone loved it. Instead, it's a fun movie. Yeah. So like weird. That is weird. Maybe it wasn't Star Wars. <laughs> it is weird, like with, with Ridley Scott. Like you'd really expect, like having made Gladiator, which is a great, like yeah. classical epic type movie from from a historical period, and then a few years later making Kingdom of Heaven, you'd be like, "That's got to he's got to nail that, right?" Like, but there's so many things. Like, first of all, don't cast Orlando Bloom as the lead. Like he's he can't carry a fucking movie. No chance. I mean, that's probably part of the problem. But that movie was boring as shit, man. Mm. Really boring. It, it shows, I think, the filmmakers who are able to have some consistency how impressive it really is. A guy like David Fincher or Christopher Nolan. Tarantino. Even if I have issues with a few of their movies, it's usually not because, well, I don't really know. I mean, you could argue the same thing with Ridley Scott. Like Tarantino, the, the movie I like the least of his is his most recent one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um, I think that's true for a lot of people. A lot of people really like that movie too, though. Um, I think a lot, a lot more, like for a Tarantino though, I think like a lot of his audience really didn't like that. Yeah, movie. I didn't really like that movie yeah. that much. I mean, it's like a lot of it's like, what is this even? Why are we even? There's a few great scenes for sure, but what's the rest of it? Yeah. Why are we? It's so boring and slow and why? He likes Who alternate, cares? He likes alternate history shit. Yeah, um, he does. Uh, but, but Tarantino might say like, that's, I'm doing like, this is my point of view. I'm doing this thing. It's very much me. And like, yeah, you don't like everything I do, but that doesn't mean it isn't very much me still. You know, they, right. these are all versions of me. And, like, there's nothing that's, I think, watered down or mitigated about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just didn't like that version of what he's doing. I think you yeah. could argue with Jordan Peele similarly. Like, he's got three movies. I think they're all great. Um, but I can understand why someone wouldn't like Us or Nope nearly as much as Get Out. I think I feel the same. I like those two movies a lot, though. And um, as they get more and more sort of um, symbolic and a little harder to follow, um, as he's like, has more room to do whatever the hell he wants because he's so successful. You know, he's got... Um, but they're all incredibly well made. They're all like deeply thought about. You know, everything has got like ties to everything else, and really smart and beautiful. And like these are really, he's a great filmmaker, and he's, I, in my opinion, he's three for three. I know everyone doesn't. Feel that's that not way. necessarily the same thing that afflicts every filmmaker because it's not like Ridley Scott is getting really weird and ambiguous with stuff, right? Yeah. Right. No, of course not. No, I'm saying like it feels like he's more just straight up inconsistent. Yeah. As opposed to like Jordan Peele's making a decision to be less um, literal, uh-huh. which feels really different to me. You know, now you could say, I guess that's not, a lot of people wouldn't like that. And so then you could say that's a misstep and that's fair. But to me, like Prometheus just isn't a good, or it's not Prometheus, sorry. Um, Covenant just isn't a good movie. Mm. Like I just don't like it. Yeah. Can you know, I would thing. never see. Covenant again in a million years. I've watched Prometheus multiple times because it's gorgeous, but I wouldn't even consider seeing Covenant again. I, I disliked it, you know. So anyway, um, all right. It's long been a long time since we did a deep movie dive opening. Yeah, it's Jonathan's movie movie corner. Jonathan's movie corner. It's great. Well, all right, Shrek two. Give me your thoughts. We need we need a Shrek two take. <laughs> well, you know, um, Chris Farley was the original Shrek. I said Shrek two. I understand that, but I'm. I heard you. I don't feel like you did. Did you know that Chris Farley was the original Shrek? I think you've told me that before. He did almost the entire thing and died with like just a little bit of it left. And Mike Myers went in and redid the whole thing. And it ended up being, I think, his most successful thing he ever did. These days, they would have done some, some sort of AI deepfake thing, probably. Maybe. But it does make it harder than to do sequels. To yeah. do really, really well with the sequels. It's, true, true. So, but then, yeah, that wasn't possible anyway. So for Mike Myers, that worked out very well. It did. Because holy shit, did he... He's still making money on Shrek. Yeah. Huge money. Yeah. That's the trick, by the way. If you're going to be an actor, just do voice work. Yeah, for all of you people <laughs> who have all these roles being thrown at you. Gosling, where's your voice acting work? They pay you almost as much, and it takes like four days instead of, you know, nine, six months, eight yeah. months. It's so much better. Don't make the gray man. Make Shrek 7. Yeah, as you can be the donkey. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Murphy gets bumped up to the donkey's dad or something. Yeah, like donkey's dad. I'm not saying you're replacing Eddie Murphy, but you're the young donkey. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's, I love that for you. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Okay. For <laughs>
Hard cut. Leo Chen <laughs> suggested this hand. Yes. Leo Chen has been killing it in the year 2022. You said uh, before we started, he's scaling Mount Rushmore. You wanna... Yeah, he's, he's, he's on a hike. You know, like, it takes a while to get there. He's on yeah. the hike. It's, it's a sweaty, hot hike, and he's working hard. But he's really making an effort, you know? He's, I mean, he's certainly all he's certainly all all first team for for this year. For he's clearly, I think he's clearly top ten all time at this point. Yeah. And the question is, can he break into the top four? The top four is very hard. The top four is a difficult nut to crack. Yeah, but he's getting there. Yeah. And I will say, you know, since it's just us, primacy really um, is not as strong as recent recency with this stuff. So like, yeah. the more recent you are, the more like we're going to remember your recent stuff. Yeah. So you go on a little hot streak now, it really boosts you. Yeah. Because. Who the hell can really remember Mark, all of Mark Testart's contributions? We kind of remember, yeah. but like Leo Chen is right up in our face with it. Yeah, he's all up in it. Yeah, he's so. a, he's trying to scale that Mark Testart stone facade and, and cut out the eyes and put Leo Chen eyes. In there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's he's free climbing, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's dangerous. He's he's like that guy. One one misstep, Leo, and you go tumbling down because we we you know, subtract points for bad suggestions. Yeah, Alex Arnold, that's what he's like. Leo Chen and Alex Honnold, the free climbing, the sure. poker guys, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. The, the hands with the chalk. Anyway, here we go. Here, here we go. It's 100, 200? No. It's we, would never, we would never do a breakdown of stakes that high. It's yeah. 50, 100. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. We got a new kid on Live with the Bike. He's uh, referred to by Live with the Bike as Young Newcomer. So yeah. we didn't do any research on him because who the hell cares? Right. Like, here we are. This kid's name is Brandon. Good for you, Brandon. You're here. You're on the breakdown. You did he, a play. He does look young. He, he looks, looks really young. He looks like he's, like... Early 20s Yeah, is what he looks like. Yeah. Um, he has uh, $32,700, and he's under the gun. Okay. He's got King Jack of Hearts. He's going to go ahead and open that to $300. Fine. Brandon has learned a few things in his poker life, even at a young age. Like, you, you can open King Jack of Hearts under the gun. You, <laughs> you can 3X it in a cash game. You know, okay. it's fine. Great. It's all good. Great, great, great. <laughs> uh, Andy, the old guard, is uh, in the cutoff. Folds to him. He's got two black kings. He's obviously got Brandon covered because he's Andy. It's actually kind of a short stack for Andy. He only has 750 blinds, mm. 75K. Um, how much do you want a three bet? And do you ever want a flat? Um, I don't think we ever need to flatten this game. Yeah. Unless you got people who are squeezing constantly behind you, I don't know why we'd flat. Let's just like this guy's got, this guy opened under the gun too. Like we should be attacking that range. Like we can get a lot of money against that. Sometimes we're screwed, but whatever, not very yeah. often. And we don't worry about There's that. There's only six combos of aces, man. And he's all, I mean, this sounds crazy. He's only got 327 blinds. It's only 327 blinds. It isn't like we're going to get it all in against Garrett with, you know, where he's got his cover for 750 blinds. And of course, this is a cash game analysis where, like, if if you said he's got 327 blinds in the main event, you would never get it in with Kings. Not in a million years. I mean, you wouldn't want to get in in with Kings against a lot of players with 327 blinds either, but there are a lot of players you would without thinking about it. I mean, you're usually not five betting Kings in, in many scenarios when you're this deep. Like um, you, it, it all depends your opponents. Yeah, right? and also positions. But like the yeah. under the gun player, it's it's tough to yeah, five yeah, bet yeah. kings against right because they they're often going to play perfectly against yeah. you, which you really don't want. Yeah. Now, if you're Andy, maybe you can get away with it more. Maybe they don't fold queens and jacks and stuff like that. Queens specifically is really what you're tra- queens and ace king is what you'd be yeah. targeting, right? Um, anyway, I think we're always three betting this against the under the gun open, and we don't really have to think about it. What size? Um, you know, some version of a 3X. I think we can go big. We're all deep and stuff. He's under the gun. We could go 12 to 1400, something yeah. like that. What do, you, what do you want to do? I like 1300. Just put okay. 1000 on top. Sure. Makes it nice and easy. Yep. Sounds Andy, fine. Andy goes a little smaller. goes like 3.5X. Makes it 1K. 3 and a third x yeah. But yeah, 3 and a third. Sorry, I was, you know, generalizing. Yep. Everybody folds back to Brandon. Okay. What's your preferred action as Brandon? Seems like a super obvious call. He just, he just three-bet the under-the-gun open. We have a hand that plays well post-flop. We wouldn't want to inflate the pot too much out of position against a guy who often is going to have a strong hand. May play perfectly against us if we put in a four-bet, and we can't fold a hand this good. And we're deep. Yeah. Seems like a super straightforward call for 700 more. Brandon four-bets to 4,300. I know. Why? Well, he blocks kings and ace-king. He blocks jacks. That, I mean, I guess that's good, although that's a hand that, like, if Andy's not three-betting the under-the-gun open... That often, which I'm not sure whether or not he is. I think Andy is. Well, at least a few of our audience thinks he's the tightest people. Oh, right. In the they world. do say that, don't they? But like Jax would be a hand that you would be kind of happy for him to have of the stronger, if he had the stronger range of the three betting under the gun. So blocking Jax isn't necessarily good. Wait, could you explain that? I didn't, fi- I don't know what you're talking about. We don't, we want him to have, we want Andy to have Jax. I mean, we have King Jack. It's, 
It let, let me okay. step back. If Andy actually isn't super loose, right. you know, with his three bets of the under-the-gun range, yeah. Jax is one of the weaker hands that he has here. Gotcha. And it's better for him to have that than one of the stronger hands. Right. So blocking that is good is not good. Well, I guess if you're saying it's like Jax plus and Ace King plus, yeah. sure. Blocking yeah. that is not good because it means it's gotta be something even better. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. But um but since we know it's Andy and we know he absolutely three bets all sorts of stuff, and I don't care what those four people tell us. <laughs> I've seen him do it too much, um, at least some of the time. I, I think blocking jacks is a good thing. Again. So you think Brandon is in the Jonathan Levy camp of Andy has a million three bets, and yeah. that's why he four bets King Jack. That's the only possible reason I can think of. Like The only other thing I can think of is he's like, if I call here, I'm just going to lose a lot post-flop, which is true yeah. to whatever Andy has. And if I put in the four bet myself, I get to win a lot post-flop, which is also true. But as we see, sometimes you put yourself in a real bad spot. Like This would be a horrible spot, now that we know Brandon's going to four bet, right? Against Kings... Of Andy out of position, you, you're over-upping your hand. If Andy doesn't fold right now, Andy has the kind of hand that it's going to be very hard for us to, to win against, right. right? I'm going to have to push back on, okay. on this a little bit because if you're, if you're going to choose to shit on our audience and tell them they're idiots for saying yeah. that Andy is tight, right? That means that you, Jonathan Levy, might think this is a good course of action for Brandon, right? If Andy has a million three bets and it's hard to win post-flop because you, you have to hit the flop essentially to win if you just call, then why not four bet this hand? I kind of want to pick other hands to four bet with in this hand. I feel like this hand plays really well as a call, mm. specifically as opposed to let's say Ace Five suited, which we probably, which we would open under the gun. But now we basically, if we don't make a flush, we really don't love our hand very much, yeah. right? Like hitting an Ace ain't that great. It's hard to make a lot of money with it. But when we when we turn it into a four bet, we're blocking the kinds of hands we really want to block. Um, we really don't want to call with Ace Five suited, like. King Jack, if he calls, it's like, I mean, I guess, like, this hand plays well post-flop. It's okay. Yeah. Like, but if that's true, why we just, there's just no reason to inflate the pot out of position with a hand sort of this playable. Well, we've been doing a lot of these hands from Live with the Bike and Hustler where yeah. they're really deep and players like Andy or Garrett are involved. And we've been talking a lot about depolarizing three betting ranges. Yes, we have. For value. Yes. Um, do you think this is just too weak of a hand to depolarize as a four bet in this scenario against Andy, despite Andy's looseness? That is my belief. Okay. Yes. You can make some interesting cases the other way. A, it's incredibly strong to be under the gun and then four bet Andy here, right? It's yes. less strong because it's Andy, but it's still really strong. Yes. That's cool. We do block kings in Jackson Ace King. That's cool too. Um, we do get to win more post flop. Yeah. But when we lose, we lose a lot more money because we're putting in 4,300. But I guess if we win you know, more than half the time, that's fine because he's putting in 4,300 also. Um, here's. I just feel like, you know what, if we're four-betting this hand, I feel like we're probably four-betting way too much against Andy here with too many hands from our under-the-gun range. Well, we don't know anything about Brandon. It's possible that he is balanced and he chooses, like, a certain suit of yeah. each type of hand or whatever. Maybe. And, like, this is, like, if he wants to have board coverage in this scenario because he believes it'll happen frequently enough, then this is part of that range. That That's being generous, but that could be what's going on. Also, it's possible that Andy has really been attacking Brandon's opens, mm -hmm. like a lot. And so Brandon may just be like, this is a great time to, to re-raise. I block things. I'm under the gun. It's super strong. And maybe this will like slow him down for the yeah. future. At least Even it's a really easy fold to a five bet, too. Unless he clicks it back. <laughs> what if he makes it? Usually five bets are going to be really small. Yeah. Um, so if, if, he, he if he makes it like makes his, 7K? We, yeah, because we made it 43. Well, let's not say 7. He, if Brandon makes it 4,300, yeah. right? So if Andy makes it 10,000, 11,000. Let's call it 10,000. I think you have to fold because of SPR. 5,700 to win 15,000. Yeah, but the SPR have, is bad. You have, it's really bad. You have, you have King Jack Sue. If we're just going to fold that for 5,700 more, then I don't know what the hell we're doing for betting. Like, Jesus Christ, this hand is this hand is actually can see flops and does well in, on them. I, I just don't know why we would do all that. I think if the five bet is infrequent enough, yeah, it's, it's gotta okay, be pretty it, then it's okay to fold even yeah. for that price. That's that's a fair point. And boy, Andy looks insanely strong if he five bets that small, right? Yeah. Because he could obviously shove or effectively shove. And you don't make a like good enough top 12, pair against 13, Andy's 000. range for the SPR to be any good. You have to make at least like a, a flush draw to feel okay about the flop or trips. Um Maybe I mean pair, you're pair. okay with uh, if you hit a king. Sometimes. Sometimes. By the way, of course, he's, you're, Andy's not effectively shoving on us if he makes it 12000 There's still enough back. Um, yeah. So I, I sort of misspoke there. Um, but if he were to make it 15000 I don't know why he would, but if he were to make it 15000 in Well, position, then we just fold. Right. But, it, but that is almost an effective shove. That's almost half our stack. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Anyway, I prefer strongly a call unless you have very particular player-centric reasons to make this a four-bet because and it's really got to be, boy, this guy's been three-betting me a lot. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, I put on top of that what I briefly mentioned in that, like if you actually have a balanced strategy of, of four bets against Andy because you expect that Andy's going right. to three bet you a lot, you're going to have to pick some hands that aren't just the normal four betting bluff hands. Right. So like this is maybe a candidate. That's fair. And this is like one of the weakest suited... Well, no, I mean, we've got Queen-Jack suited, we've got Jack-10 suited, yeah. which we could decide to maybe do. Maybe 9-10 suited, we open. Yeah. But this blocks more, more good stuff than those yeah. things, so maybe it's better in that way. Yeah, maybe. It still is, I mean, ultimately a weak hand for, for our range, right? Absolutely. So. Anyway, he 4 bets to 4,300. Okay. As Fine. Andy, is there anything to do but call? Do we want a 5-bet Kings? The question is, is this, kid the, is this guy the kind of guy who's not going to fold Queens if we put in a real 5-bet? Yeah. Like, if we, if, if we effectively make it, Let's let's say we make it twelve thousand. Is he gonna? Sh- is he? Because if he folds queens, we can't really do it, right? Because now we're hoping to get called by ace king or get get shoved on by ace king. Yeah. We block ace king, so there's only eight combos of it. There's only six combos of queens anyway. But if we if there's we also knock six out, combos of aces. Sure, that's true. But if like, but we we need like all fourteen of those combos, the queens and the ace king, to come along for this to be a good five bet. Yeah, I agree. And I think typically, if you know a little bit about a player, but not a lot. You can assume that, of course, they're 100% putting more money in with aces, yes. and you don't really know the percentage of the time they're putting more money in with queens, they, unless you really, really know them, and you know for sure they're 100% putting in more money with queens. They may really find faults with ace, king, and queens. Now, again, Andy's rep may make it so that's not true, um, but I don't know. I, I don't feel like we see Andy go this insane, five-betting, bluffing, very often against randos, like maybe against Garrett once in a while, but like pre-flop. Like, so... Yeah, I like the idea of calling here a lot more. We still have stack to pot stuff really working in our favor here. Like, there's going to be what nine thousand in the pot or something, ninety three fifty in the pot if we call, and Brandon's only going to have like twenty eight thousand left. I mean, it's a three to one stack to pot ratio. Yeah, there's Kings some flops. play great at, in position that way. Yeah, being in position is huge. It's yeah. you just get to see a flop. You're pretty underrepped. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like calling. That's what Andy does. Cool. Pot is ninety three fifty. Nitro betting is ninety three fifty. What? Times as good as everything else in the world where people go to the moon sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Great ad. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal. <laughs> Put it on a poster somewhere. Yeah. 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 Make a train with that one. Nitrogen. Yeah. You dicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's nitro betting now. Yeah. So, you know, PSA for anybody who hasn't been listening for a while. Oh, my gosh. If you have signed up for Nitrogen Sports in the past, they've moved to Nitro Betting. You need to sign up again. Yes, you have to get a new everything, new ID number. It doesn't take long. It takes like a minute, but you do have to do it. Right. If you want all the cool poker guys' advantages. We just started the NFL Survivor Pool, and a bunch of people tried to sign in with their old Nitrogen ID and not their new Nitro Betting ID, and guess what? It didn't work. Yeah. So that was a mistake. We've been trying to tell yous, people. Yeah, you got to get in on this cool stuff that survivor pool they're putting up over a thousand dollars in free yeah. money for for people and that type of thing is going to just keep happening because yeah. they're bad at business <laughs> they you, really and you can benefit from that <laughs> why not why not benefit from from a terrible <laughs> business stewardship that is our sponsor <laughs> it is give away money it's amazing for you it's, it's a really great deal it's it's great and of course they have other things too not just you know poker and not just the survivor pool they have sports betting in general they have lots of sports betting they've got casino games and, you know, they pay out essentially instantly. You know, it yeah. takes 90 minutes to get your money because it's all big. It's Bitcoin only. It works great. Yeah. You should get in there. You should have some fun. Mm-hmm. Join the Poker Guys. You got the Poker Guys seal of approval right yep. here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Jonathan's getting all excited now. Yep. Yeah. So let's slow it down. Okay. Maybe do a little ASMR style podcast. Ah, I got to grow out my nails so I can, like, clink them on something. You, you know? don't... It's not... that. You're being so narrow-minded, man. <laughs> what? You Why? Use, you can use anything. Nails is just oh, one thing, man. Oh. How about eyelashes? You got eyelashes, right? Yeah. Are they gonna be? We need a really good microphone to pick up the eyelash stuff, man. We, thought, we can do it. Sure. Yeah. I could also just make. Here, do your eyelashes. I'll make sounds for them if they don't make their own sound. Go ahead. I did it. I really did it. I wonder if people heard it or if they just heard me going. Do it one more time without. I won't make any sound. 
You guys hear that? I did it. I did it. If, if you wow. heard that, that was my eyelashes against the <laughs> microphone. Congratulations. You should feel creeped out. The ad has taken a bit of a turn. Nobody gets the ad anymore. I think we're just talking about okay, ASMR now. the podcast has taken a bit of a yeah, turn. Yeah. That's the first time ASMR has ever come up. I think in the eight years we've been doing this, at least it's was been a, a solid six years. Was ASMR a thing eight years ago? I believe it was. Really? I'm I only heard sure. about it like three or four years ago. Oh, no. It's been longer than that. We may have talked about it like a solid six years ago, but um, certainly it's the first time we've ever performed ASMR. <laughs> yes, it is. On the podcast. So that's exciting. More that's... to come. <laughs> Enjoy. Dot, dot, dot. So yeah, we got Jonathan's movie corner. We got Grant's ASMR funhouse. Funhouse is the right word. <laughs> it's real fun. Yeah. Speaking of fun, Uh-oh. we've got a four-bow with King Jack of Hearts. Yeah. And Andy called with Kings. Yes. Yes. 9,350 in the pot. The flop is three of spades, jack of spades, five of clubs. This might be trouble for young Brandon. He flops top pair. Yeah, not great. No hearts either. I got to ask you before we continue. Hit me. If you're Brandon, what is the range of hands you're putting Andy on? Like, what are the weakest hands Andy has? What's the type of hands you expect Andy to show up with? Uh, that's a good question. Can Andy have, first question I have is, can Andy have like medium pocket pairs here? Can he have like nines? Can he have eights? Can he have tens? Like, let's look into that first. I think he can have tens. I think tens, yes. Can he have nines? Unclear. He can three bet nines. Would he call a four bet from under the gun in position? I think he would with nines. Yeah. I'm not even sure he's three betting eights, but maybe he's feeling a little, you know, wild. Is he calling the four bet with eights? He's certainly not getting the right price to set mine. Nope. Um, but you are in position. You have a pair. That's going to be good sometimes. It's even good this time if yeah. you preflop. Um, I don't know if he's calling the four bet with eights or not. Nines are know. probably just a little too good to fold. Tens certainly are. Assuming he three bets them at all, because you can definitely right. just call the under the gun opener with those hands. That's true. That's true. I'm believing he's mostly three betting tens. Yeah, but don't know. What are some other types of hands you could put Andy on? Um, I think ace queen is a really clear hand. Yeah, right? ace queen is like the most obvious hand of all. He's probably got some ace king too. I think he does. I th- I doubt he's going to shove ace or re-raise ace king just like he wouldn't re-raise kings. Yeah, he, he may not just not have five bets. Period against this player. With he might his have entire range. Ace Jack suited in his range as well. Um, yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I think he can have queens in his range for sure. Do you think he can show up with hands like eight, nine, and nine, ten suited? Yes. I do too. I really, really, really do. I think we can absolutely be ahead right now as Brandon, like and far ahead. Yeah. Like eight, nine, and nine, ten, and we are they have backdoors and often nothing else. I guess they could have spades, because there's two spades on the board or backdoor clubs, but like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we're monstrously ahead of those hands. Yeah. So that's good. It feels like Queens, though. Queens is like the most likely Andy hand. Queens makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ace Queen, there's more combos of, and he's going to play that similarly, too, right? Um, But Queens feels very, very reasonable and likely. Yeah. And Ace Queen is a more likely flat preflop than Queens. Um, I would guess he's mostly three betting Ace Queen. I don't even know if he's calling all Ace Queen four bets, though, here. Might just be suited. Yeah. Just because, like, the, as we were saying, the stack to pot ain't great. You are in position, but like it's kind of a pricey four bet. Ace queen just, off is just so hard to navigate. Post yeah, you too. might just fold that hand. Yeah. I don't know if Andy's folding the hand or not. Um, Queens, of course, he has. So it's so. What are we supposed to do as Brandon? We did flop top pair. It'd be weird to just let Andy off the hook with his ace king and ace queen hands, right? Yeah. Um, we're just valuing ourselves against queens, but maybe that's okay. We're, but we're getting value against tens, which are definitely and nines, which are definitely calling. Yeah, tens, hundred percent are calling and, and can be here. Nines, we think can be here. Yep. Maybe Andy even has other pocket pairs sometimes. Lower pocket, maybe can have eights and sevens. Maybe we can get value of all those hands. Here's a here's a. I think we should bet. Theoretical question here. Yeah, if we bet and get raised. Oh boy. Oh are, boy. Are we? What are we doing? Oh boy, boy, boy. Okay. What hands is Andy actually raising for value? He's not raising ace-jack, I don't believe, almost No, ever. he's probably not raising queens or kings. Right, so what are we down to here? Aces. Okay. He might do it with aces, and he, might, and he would certainly do it with jacks, which we block. We block pretty heavily. I don't think he has fives or threes. I don't either. Spades he might do it with. Yeah, if he has ace-queen of spades or ace-king of spades. I don't think we can fold based on what we just said. Yeah. So I think we can call and hope for a clean turn, a non-spade turn that isn't an overcard, basically. Um, if that comes off, we might even be looking to check shove or something like that. Like basically get money out of him, but charge him the full amount. Cause if he's got his beat, we're probably getting, is it better to anyway. just shove on the flop if we get raised? Um, the only reason I would consider not doing that is because we can get it. We can put Andy in a spot where he's getting a reason. We're like, we're not, we don't have a huge advantage if he's got yeah. the nut flush draw. Yeah. But if we wait one card, 
Now we can get it in with a, as a monster favorite. I mean, we could just donk shove if it's a non Yeah, that's right. If we think Andy's not going to bet again, which he really might not. Yeah. So we could just do that. And if a spade comes, we can check fold. Yeah. And be like, oh, well. And if, he, and if it goes check, check, we could be like, oh, maybe we're... It's hard to come up with a hand we're beating, though, if a spade comes and he checks back, right? You get a, I mean, ace-jack's beating us anyway. Does he but, have jack-10 and you raise? It, well, let's, say we bet, maybe. let's say we bet 4K. Okay. Um, and Andy raises to 12K, though. Oh, boy. Then we just shove. I don't like doing that. I don't either, but it's all We awkward. can't fold, right? We can't just fold top pair. No. So I think we get it. So it's call or shove. Um, I kind of want to call and see if a spade comes off. Is that okay. bad? I don't know. I don't know either. Like, we're not that deep anymore. Like, if he makes it, what do we say, 12K? We'll put in half our stack with the call. Yeah. So it'd be really weird to put in half our stack and then check fold. What if we shove, though? Can we ever fold out worse spades? We might be able to fold out non-nut flush draws sometimes. Although, if he makes it 12K, he ain't folding. No. So we're just going to be in... I guess if he's got worse... Maybe he has the king X of spades, though. Although, king queen of spades is a flip anyway. You could have nine ten of spades. Now we're talking. Yeah. That's good. And I guess we are, we're actually favorites against um, ace, X of spades. That isn't another, ace, queen of spades, we're not, but like ace, ten of spades. Yeah. We actually are a favorite. Not a big favorite, but a favorite. Yeah. And this way we can't make a big mistake on the turn, which is what I'd be concerned about too, right? Yeah. Like, what if a, what if a different card, what if the ace comes off, the ace mm-hmm. of clubs? We check, he bets, we fold, and he has, you know, king, queen of spades. Yeah. Know? Like, or king, ten of spades. And like, oh man, what a disaster. Like, yeah, he has equity, but we were the, we were the favorites. Yeah. By shoving right now, we don't have to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. That said, there aren't that many cards that are really scare cards for us either, besides a spade and an ace, right? What yeah. else is there? A queen. A queen, but we're just going to have to live with that. King, I queen think. of spades. Yep. Ace, queen of spades. Yep. Yeah. But I think we just have to live with it. Yeah. I think we're probably going to have, that's going to be like, oh, we call and he, he got there. Like, yeah. oh, well. Like, I think that's better than shoving on this board specifically. Um, I think. If this also had a straight draw, like a clear straight draw, like if it was jack 10, 5 or something like that, or jack 9, 5, maybe that's better. Um, I might be a little more concerned about making the wrong, like uh, one of the draws comes in, the other one doesn't, and I, fi- and I find a fold. And yeah. I, so I'd be more interested in shoving if both draws were present because there's only one clear draw here. I guess ace, four of spades, but that's a, that's a combo draw anyway, I guess. Yeah. So it's, they're, they are both there. Um, but mostly, like, there's really only one draw, yeah. you know? And so, like, that makes me more inclined to want to call and then maybe just donk, donk, shove the turn sometimes, which is a weird thing it's to a do. Weird, they're all weird. But if there's, there's $30,000 in there and we've got 16 left, we can donk, shove the turn. He can actually call with his, with his nut flush draw anyway, actually. It's okay with the ace there, too. Yeah. But he might, he, he's almost indifferent. Like, sometimes he hits his ace, it's good. Sometimes the spades are good. Once in a while, he's actually ahead because we've got the king, queen of spades and sure. he's got the ace, ten of spades um, or something. I don't know what he does in that spot, honestly. It's Andy. I'm guessing he calls, but I don't know. But we get in at least as a big favorite there yeah. when, when, all, when the rest of the money goes in. And we, can just, we get to save half our stack when a spade comes on the turn. That's all I got. What do you we think? We don't make a mistaken, a mistaken fold on the turn when a spade comes in, you know? Andy has some sort of weird bluff. Well, we're going to. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah. we're going we're gonna to fold when the spade so comes. So we lose a little bit of that. Yep. We lose a little bit of Andy's weird bluffs. We do. We do. But it's a weird time for Andy to choose to bluff. It's Andy. With, with air, it's a weird time. I'm not saying it's impossible. Can he ever have seven, six of diamonds here and is just raising his, uh, his gut shot? Yeah, why not? Maybe. Maybe. So that would be, yeah, then he just would own us, and that would be that. Like, that would work for him. Some, some of the bluffs are going to get through. All right, let's exit theory land. We haven't talked okay. at all about what the players do Great in real life. So 93.50 in the pot, jack, three, five, two spades. Brandon with king jack does bet. Good. He has to bet this. Yeah, he bets 3K. That's fine. I like the sizing, actually. I think it's pretty good. Yep. Um, we're obviously never folding out uh, superior hand to ours, so why should we make it a lot bigger? Let's just deny some equity. Yep. It's fine. And if we had aces, we'd bet about this much. It's a down bet. It's fine. Yep. Uh, any reason for Andy to raise? He's got two kings. He's underrepped. Well, let's think about it. What's getting, what, again, what's giving us action if we raise? Is Queens going to give us action? Yes. I believe uh, it is. Probably it is. Especially is, if it doesn't have a spade. Is Ace Jack going to give us action? I believe it is. Can he have Ace Jack? Because he did four bet pre. Yes. We, we know he can because we can let's see Let's assume his he can. But as Andy, do we know that? Yeah. Okay, we'll assume he can. Fine. Um, so if ace, jack, and queens are going to give us action, that's good. I know other hands that are going to give us action, i.e. jack, jack, and ace, ace. Yep. That's bad. Yep. Um, 
it feels like eh, 50-50-ish here. I guess he can have... Sp- we have the king of spades in our hand, actually. That makes me a little less inclined to race. Yep, I agree. We have a little less to worry about. Um, and we have uh, fewer semi-bluffs to be against. If, yep. If Brandon then... Because if we raise, we can't just fold if he goes all in. Or oh, no way. Go, if yeah. we raise, we're, we're attached to the hand, yeah. essentially, right? Yeah. I guess he could just call, and then the ace of spades would come on the turn, and he could shove, and we'd... Oh, no, we have the king of spades we'd call anyway. Yeah. Um, the ace of not spades... The ace of clubs could come, and he could shove, and we'd be like, uh... Yeah. Um, I'm inclined to just call here. The stack to pot, if we call, would be... There'd be 15,000 in the pot, and Brandon would have, what, like, 25 left with two streets to go, like... We can get it all in, no problem. I'm inclined to call. Yeah, and if a spade comes, we have redraws against a lot of the range. Not against aces with the ace of spades or ace king or ace queen of spades. But right. Against a lot. But those are the only problems. What are you going to do? Sometimes you lose. Yeah. And we're Andy. We're used to losing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we play a lot of hands. Yeah. Everybody loses sometimes. Yeah. Andy calls. I think it's fine. I like the decision. Yeah. I think it's good. The pot is 15,350. Uh, three, five, jack, two spades. The turn is the ace of hearts. Heartbreak. Everybody's like, why? The ace of heartbreak. Brandon has more aces in his range than Andy at this point. He could have just been C-betting with any ace-king combo or ace-queen combo or any ace-wheel combo. Exactly. Even. Exactly. Um, so that's wheel. problematic for Andy. Hugely. In a way that's more problematic than it is for Brandon. Uh, although once Brandon, once Brandon bets and gets called on the flop, he's losing a fair amount of the time already to Andy. He is, and the and Andy still can have a hand like ace queen or ace king here. I think Andy's not folding ace king on the flop. He doesn't love it, but for three thousand in position, I yeah, think he's I think calling. He might call once, and he might call with ace queen too. Certainly, if he has backdoor flush stuff going on, he's calling at least yeah. once with those two. So he ha- so he hits the ace sometimes. I agree. Certainly, Brandon's got more aces. Yeah, certainly, Brandon could have ace ten here, right? Like Andy has no ace tens except the ace ten of spades. Yep. Stuff like that. So how should Brandon proceed on this card? Sucks being out of position. It really sucks. We, our hand is too good to bluff with, I feel like, right now, right? We have, we have second pair. Andy called the flop. Andy can have, like, tens and nines and stuff like that, where we bet he's just going to fold, but we were ahead anyway. So we might game theory disaster ourselves a little I mean, bit. I mean, Andy could here. have some spades that he just called the flop with that'll fold the turn with, like king, yeah. king 10 and 9, 10 and That's 9 true. of spades. That's true. There's some value there. We, if Andy can have queens, which we think he can, we might be able to fold it out right now, yeah. which is good. Um, if Andy has ace-jack, he ain't ever folding. Nope. So that won't, we won't be able to bluff that hand. Um, I'm inclined to check... Because we have showdown value. We have legit showdown value. We can have the best hand here for sure. And I'm worried if we bet, we're just only going to get action from better hands. So if we check and Andy bets 15K, what are we going to do? Fold. Yeah. Because Andy can have the nut flush draw. What if Andy bets 7K? Fold. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, so like, just we overrepped our hand anyway. This, this is the problem with checking, right? Yeah. It's like we sort of open the door and Andy can bluff here. And Andy would bluff his spade draws. You yeah, if he believe. has nine ten of spades, he's for sure betting this card. He really kind of has to, right? He has to. Yeah. So he can have ace-king and he can have ace-queen. So sh- I mean, he can't have ace-ace very often. But maybe he can, actually, with because f- it was a four-bet. Yeah, he might never five-bet in that yeah. configuration. But let's even assume he doesn't have all combos of aces. Ace-ace, I mean, right? Like, he can sell all his ace-king or nearly all of it and all his ace-queen and... Ace ten of spades and whatever like, and by the way, king queen of spades just turns a, a huge combo draw and is a favorite against us. I think at this point, yeah. Well, with one card to come, maybe not, but it has great equity anyway, mm-hmm. strong equity. Um, so like, I think we do have to fold. So so I guess we could make like a defensive bet if we want, or we can check fold. Those feel yeah. like the two options. And if it goes check check, it's a party. That's a really bad outcome for us. This ace of hearts coming. Right? Yeah, the ace sucks. of spades is worse, but it's a bad card. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If Andy has tens, he might just check it back, though, and we get to go, like, get to cheap showdown. That would be yeah, nice. True. You'd be a little afraid that, that Brandon has something that turned the ace and feels yes. like it's not really getting any value by betting. I mean, if Brandon has ace-queen, he might check it also, yeah. right? But that's good. So that means we have some check calls, and so we have some check, check faults here, right? We check our aces, a lot, most of them. Not our ace-jacks, maybe, but our, most of our yeah. other aces. Maybe we better ace-kings, yeah. but ace-queen we check. Because Andy can have ace king anyway, we can check king. We can check our jacks also. We can fold our jacks. Yeah, we can call with our aces. We can call with our big draws. We continue with our big draws sometimes too. You know, we 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 mix it up, bro. We can check race sometimes. It's so cool. Sick. Brandon checks. Yep. All right. Is there any reason to bet as Andy with kings? No, absolutely not. Because because like we just said, Brandon could have an ace, and it's reasonable. If Brandon has an ace wheel hand, that's not a two pair hand now. 
probably going to check this ace. If he has ace queen, he's probably going to check this ace. If Brandon has queens, he might check fold. He's we think he should yeah. check, check check fold king jack anyway, right? So yeah. like what this is we might be in true game theory disaster mode right here with with kings. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The only thing we can do is charge his draws, but he would probably continue with his draws on this card. Yeah. So the fact that he checks means he's got a showdownable hand. He hits the ace sometimes. Sometimes he has queens. There's no value in betting. No. All right. Check, check. Okay. That's how it goes. Cool. Three of diamonds hits the river. That's pairs the three. It's now three jack, five with two spades, ace of hearts, three of diamonds. Okay. Any reason the bet is Brandon? I don't think so. I'm, if tens aren't going to call, if we bet... Queens are going to call, probably, like when we check the turn. I mean, if we size it up, they might fold. Maybe they'll fold it to a big bet. They might fold, because we can have kings, we can have ace-x, for sure. Um, And it's weird that we check the turn and then bet the river. But rather than just targeting queens only, I'm more worried about... If we bet, I want to get worse hands to call me, because we actually have something. Yeah. I'm worried that none of them will. Yep. I think we should check. That's what Brandon does. Okay. Is this worth a value bet by Andy? Oh, it's getting interesting. When he checks again... He's got queens a lot. A lot of the time he has queens. Yeah. Like so much. You have to, that's the hand you have to put him on, right? Yeah. Will queens pay us off if we bet here? At least sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, at least sometimes. No, you have I, to consider it at least. I, I want to consider some other parts of his range for a second. Okay. Do you think Brandon would play his ace wheels like this? Maybe. He might check and never fold the river. He might, because wheels. it's it's a bad ace. Yeah. He's like where Andy's checking back, like ace 10 or something yeah. like that. Even ace queen, he might sometimes check again, just to see. Like, Maybe. Because it's hard, it's hard to imagine Andy having a weaker ace that can call easily. You might just be sitting there thinking, yeah, what can Andy call me with? I'm going to give him a chance to blast yeah. off he's Andy. Yeah. That's not crazy. Um, so we can have those things. I think... He, I th- Maybe it's not worth it to target queens if there's because if there's even just a few of those aces in there, there's only six combos of queens total. Yeah, you wouldn't really ever put the guy in king jack. We've got two kings. Yep. So now we're we if jacks is a problem, we're losing to that. Tens isn't going to pay us off anyway. God, now I think we should check. Yeah, I think so. I just changed my mind. Yeah, I think we should check. We just have to just take our showdown value and be like, I think I win. I usually win. Yeah. But what can call me? Yep. Queens sometimes. We live in a thin value world. Yep. And Andy goes for it. He bets six k. I mean, this is an amazing bet by Andy if, if, if it isn't just lucky. It yeah. might just be lucky, but, it, but maybe he understands what's happening. Maybe he's got a sense of this guy enough that he's like, gotcha. It's pretty tempting to, to bet when he checks twice. I know. It's really pretty tempting. I mean, we've all been in this spot where you're like, should I make, go for this thin value or not? And sometimes we go for it and it works. Sometimes we go for it and it doesn't. Sometimes we check back and we have regrets or happiness. You know, it's all very close. Yep. Um, I mean... Andy's got him perfectly lined up here. If queen, we think queens are going to call, King Jack is literally one pip down from queens. At least have to consider calling two. Now, do they really? Because now queens could bet and kings could bet. So I don't know if they can even call, if King Jack can uh, we, Although, there. upon analysis, we didn't really love kings betting. Right, that's true. That's true. So then, oh, so and, and you just feel like, isn't Andy usually going to bet his spades on the turn? Yeah. When the ace comes, maybe he's afraid, but you feel like, I have the nut flush draw and you don't sometimes? Well, Andy could easily have the ace-x of spades and just right. check it back. He could. Yeah, and then, like, now he gets checked again on the river. He's like, okay, I can bet the ace. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's blocked. You yeah. have kings, queens, a yeah. lot here. I'm going to try and get some value. Yeah. It's like a free roll. Yeah. Yeah, so Andy could easily have a hand like that. Yeah, it's not a perfect free roll, of course, because, like we said, ace-queen could be there sometimes. Well, I think Brandon is putting Andy on ace-x of spades because Brandon goes all in. He goes all in for 25k. After Andy bets 6K. Wow. Do you Andy, think that's what's going on? He's putting Andy on ace, ace X of spades? It's like, Andy would have played ace X of spades exactly like this the whole way. That hand's beating me. How can it possibly call if I shove? Um, I think ace X of spades and or queens are like the two obvious hands that you're, that you're targeting here. Yeah. Assuming queens would bet. We think Andy probably would bet queens that we see that he... Since he bets kings, he... I don't know. Like it's this a little one, different. Yeah, like you're trying to give when you have kings, you're trying to give value to queens. When you yeah. have queens, you're trying to give value to King Jack. Yeah. Oh man, maybe you can't bet queens. It's, but you know, Andy, it's Andy. He has kings though, so he, yeah. He, so maybe we don't think he should bet kings either. So maybe um, unclear. I think he's targeting mostly ace yeah. of spades. Yeah. Which is an interesting play. What do you think about it overall? Uh, I mean, Andy bets tiny, right? Andy bets six k into fifteen. It's not tiny. It's small. It's small. It's a small yeah. bet. It's forty yeah. percent pot, yeah. right? That's a small bet. That's a please call me bet. I've got something. Yeah. Um, it's a non-polarizing bet. Yeah. Now I don't even know if Andy would make a polarizing bet with a nutted hand, considering the way this hand is played out. 
right? Mm-hmm. Four bet pre and then check turn check river. Yeah. You might not you might not go for the all in when you've got it because you feel like how can he what can he call me with? There's right. nothing for him to call me with. So um, he just doesn't have it enough. So we might bet small with a monster hand too. Like what hand what hand is that? What hand what monsters does Andy have? Let me ask Aces. that. A little bit of pocket aces. Which he checks back on the turn because the guy checked and he yeah. blocks the hell out of it. And what's he afraid of? Yeah. Right. Um, and ace jack would be the same thing, I yeah. guess. He might once in a while check back ace jack. Yeah. He's going to bet those sometimes, but right. he can check those. Are there any other monsters for Andy to have besides those two I things? I mean, jack, jack a little bit? You, yeah, yeah, a little bit. He's more likely to bet that on the turn because he doesn't block the ace, right? Where he's trying to get yeah. value out of it, out of the ace that's checking a call. All of these are pretty questionable, which yes. is, I think why Brandon makes the move. It's I think a lot so more likely for Andy to have a medium value hand than a monster. Yep. Brandon's got more combos of pocket aces in his range. Yep. Brandon's got more, compo- more combos of ace jack in his range. Oh, that's not true. Probably I mean, not. We see that he can have king jack, but from Andy's point of view, you can't. Th- you got to think I have more ace, at least the same amount, if not more ace jacks. Well, as Brendan, we know that we block jacks, so we can rep jacks, perhaps. That's true. We do jacks block full. jacks, and we could say like Andy doesn't have ace. Andy sometimes is going to five bet aces pre, right? Yeah. Sometimes, but what story is Brandon telling for his own value here? Can we ask that question? What hand does he play this way for value? Aces. So weird to check shove aces on the river instead of just betting. It's so weird. Like, so hard to get value that way. Like, anything that can call you your check shove might raise you anyway. Yeah. Not always, but often, right? It's such, it's a very strange story to be telling. Jack, Jack, why wouldn't we just bet the river ourselves? Isn't the same problem? Trying to get it all. If we have Jack, Jack, we don't block Andy's big aces. Right. Could we just not bet really big on the river then if we, we don't could. block his big aces to get value? Yeah, we could. But this way we get to pick up some of the, some of the bluffs. But what bluffs does Andy have? He checked back the turn. Let's assume for a flop. second that Brennan's a good player. Okay. We can't know that for sure. We don't know either But let's way. go with that. Um, he's, it's probably good to have, if you want to have river check raises in a lot of spots, this is a good hand to include in the bluffing range because you, if you want to be able to say, I can have aces full here, yeah. you also want to you know, have hands like this so you can actually get called sometimes when you have aces full. Sure. Sure. Um, and also we block jacks, which is yeah. really nice, like yeah. you're saying, because Andy doesn't have all combos of aces, and he, there's only one combo of jacks for him to have. Yeah. And by the way, he'd have to play them very weird. It's so far hard for Andy to have a strong hand. Yeah. And I think in the end, Brandon's just like leans into that. I, he's leaning into Andy's range, not his range. Yeah, he's, that's, he's that's saying what it feels like, like. Yeah, Andy doesn't have too many really strong hands. My he's story, got a lot of hands that are better than mine, but not that strong. Yeah. My story ain't great, Andy, but you just don't have a very strong range. Are you really going to call with your weak-ass range, bro? This feels like exploit. It does. It and does. it works. And he tanks for a while and he folds. I don't blame him. Yeah. What, the, what the hell is he supposed He's like, what if Brandon's turning a bad ace into a bluff? Yeah. Like, that would be a problem. Yeah, that would be a real problem. If Brandon has, a, yeah. And, and he decides to bet here on the river and he's like, uh-oh, I can't be an ace queen, but I might be able to get it to fold. Yeah. You know, it's possible. Um, it's so weird for also for Brandon to bluff here anyway. I mean... Yeah. It's weird, that, too, that Andy, like, opens himself up to this play. You know, it's really, it's really too bad that he bet. This he, is a pretty good bluff catcher. He's got the king of spades. Why is that good? Because... Don't we want our opponent to have the king of spades? Oh, right. Spades did not come in. Right. It's, All, a, it's a bad bluff catcher. Although, no one really raised to have too many spades because it went check-check on yeah, the turn. Right. But, but still... I was thinking of spades. We don't, we'd rather not have the spade in our hand. Yeah, I agree. So, it's a bad bluff catcher. Yeah. So like we can we just have hands like ace queen here, right? Sometimes. Yeah. As long as we have ace queen and stuff like an ace king in our range sometimes here, we're probably fine to fold this hand. Yeah. Because like what other what weaker hands do we even have in our range here? Queens? Queens, kings. Maybe. Although we don't even like betting these hands, but Andy right. did bet that. Right, yeah. right. We don't even know if Andy would ever bet queen. So this might be the worst hand we ever bet for value. Yeah. And even that we don't think we should. Yeah. As Andy. So and it doesn't really block anything, right? No, it does not. So, it blocks ace king. Cool. Yeah. Does it block ace queen, ace jack, jack jack, ace ace? No. I mean, Brandon's never doing this with ace queen, but no, it doesn't. No, he's not. You're right. He might with ace king if he's going super thin, but never ace queen. Yeah. I mean, Andy bets so small, but still, I think he would just call. He would probably just bet ace king on the river himself. Probably. But if he's, but he'd probably just check call it. Yeah. Right. Because like, what the hell? Anyway, Brandon makes a splash. Young yeah. Brandon. That's a very interesting play. Yeah. Very interesting. And Andy tank folds. Andy does not fold right away, by the way. Andy kind of smells something's up, but yeah. 
This is just not the right hand to call us, so he just can't do it. Yep. Fair. Cool. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.